Welcome to the League Podcast. This week is a special episode with me, guest host Anthony. Today's guest is a founding member of the League. 24 years in, this is not his first rodeo. You've known him as Go Jostens, Honky Kong, Jimmy the Scumbag, and he is our two-time League champ. Let's welcome Zach. Let's get started. We're doing it, man. Yeah, welcome, Zach. And I have to say, Mabruk, Zachariah, congratulations. Coming off a drubbing of one of the McFarland brothers, 218 points. Tell us, how are you feeling? What was going on in the Jimmy the Scumbag locker room? Woo! Lots of celebration this weekend. Um, actually, on Thursday night, Matt reached out. And in classic Matt McFarland uh, uh, mode, you know, said like, good luck. It'll be a close one. Like, can't wait to see the result of this game. It's like, God damn it, Matt. Can we just like yeah. beat up on each other for a week? Yeah, go back to Pleasantville, Matt. Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, I was I was projected to win by, I think, 17. And I, it just felt like a trap game, right? I was like, ah, it doesn't matter what the projections are. And so uh, followed my gut, started my guys. And once, uh, once Joe Burrow had his monster game, I think, mm. I think it was like 49 points. I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to be good. It was just a question of how big the victory was going to be. I thought it was, you know, I was going to land in the 180 range. And then I checked Sunday night, Kenneth Walker went bonkers. Yeah. Remind us what, what did he do? Like, I, I remember seeing the chats about it, but I did not look at his stat line. I think it was 168 yards, 27 Ooh. carries, two touchdowns, and he put up 33 points. So wow. I ended up uh, with the second highest score of uh, the season right after Jason's week four performance. And uh, it just feels good, man. Like, I, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get these kinds of numbers every year, but this is, the team that I hoped I drafted. So you put this team together in your wildest dream. Did you ever think they would be putting up these kinds of numbers in any single game? Honestly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this, and uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, like anytime you hit something above two ten, I mean, two hundred. This is obviously a great week. Anytime above two ten, you're getting close to uh, the all time league records, but. Like most guys who who drafted their teams, I, I believed in my guys. I think the difference was this year, a lot of them happened to hit. Um, mm. And this week, many of them hit all at the same time. But, you know, I'm looking at my team and I'm like, this is like, this is what, these are big weeks, but like, this is what I drafted them to do. So let's go back to that. We're, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. So looking back at where we are now, take us through the journey, you know, what did it feel like with the team that you drafted that first quarter and coming up into this, uh, this half, you know, what's the journey been like for, uh, for your psyche with the team you drafted? It's been a roller coaster. So you know, talk us through that. For sure, man, for sure. And, um, you know, coming out of the draft, this is the way that I would put it. I didn't know if my team was going to be good. I felt good about them. I didn't know if they were going to be good, but I knew that I implemented the plan that I wanted to. Which was so I looked at the uh, what I thought was the value of the players, mm -hmm. and it looked like running back and quarterback had the most 
top heavy talent and wide receiver had the most depth. Mm. And so like quite opposite actually to, to guys like Matt and Raf, who spoke specifically about wanting to target high level wide receivers. I wanted to target quarterbacks and most people do like they, we know, we know the value of quarterbacks in our league. I also wanted to get heavy hitters at the running back position. So I hit those guys, I think. So my first two were running backs. My next three actually were quarterbacks. I went Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, and then I started my run on wide receivers. And how how's that felt with uh, with the top two picks that, that you've had? I, and this isn't there's no shade question in there. Um, you know, you always draft them one and two. You expect them to have a lot of production. How have you felt about Derek and, uh, and Dalvin for you this year? Yeah, so I was nervous the first couple of weeks. And this touches on the first part of your question about the roller coaster. Okay. They were sort of middling, like 10 to 15 points each. And, like, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I wanted, like, a 30-point game from both of them right out the bat. Uh, I didn't win either of those first two games. Um, some of my other guys were faltering. And I was just like, ah. Oh, crap like did I did I get this wrong again but um Derrick Henry has rounded into form I think he's knocked the rust off from um you know missing a lot of games last year he looks healthy you know it was it was a a foot injury last year so we would know if he wasn't holding up and he is carrying those 20 25 30 carry loads um with touchdowns sprinkled in here and there so Derrick Henry I'm thrilled with uh dalvin has had some solid weeks hasn't had that blow up week that i'm really hoping for he's very much capable of you know the 150 and two touchdown game with like breaking off some long runs you know that you've had him in the past um Uh, for the last two years in fact i believe i traded for him the last two years because he was underperforming for the first half so i think the sit and see has been key for him he's probably going to go off now the second half of the season so funny you should mention that because this is the first time uh, I want I wanted to make a special announcement, something that just occurred uh, about an hour before we started recording. I won't tell you the details. I'll let that come out. Uh, but I've just consummated the first blockbuster trade no. of the year, and it involves Dalvin. Oh Cook. no! My, you know what? <laughs> oh my gosh! I had a secret plan. I wanted to consummate the first trade on the podcast and see if we could get one. But you, you beat me to it. Awesome! All right, so we have some hot breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. This, this just in: Power Sauce is amazing. Uh, Zach, wow. Okay. Um, when do you think we're going to get the, uh, can you give us any, any details? Cause obviously, you know, commissioner McFarlane, you know, too much blood on the handles. He's going to take his time. Can you, can you give us any, uh, any gold nuggets for those early bird listeners out there? Yeah. So this ties into the rest of my team and, um, where I was feeling not weak, but just shaky and, and wanted to strengthen it. I had some wide receivers that were like pretty good, like average to pretty good, but no number one wide receivers. And I was like, I want a number one wide receiver. And so I got a number one wide receiver. Wow. Okay. You're hearing it here first league. There is a blockbuster trade of brewing. I am, I am looking at my phone that there are no insider chats 
uh, coming, but I'm sure we will hear it later tonight. Yeah, I don't I don't know when it's supposed to. I mean, the, the going through and having it be official, like that's something that'll happen later this week. I thought that the system that Yahoo shows us when there's something pending and I was checking group me and there was no chatter about it. And I was sure that someone would have said something. So, um, wow. You, you know what? Um, so it's in the, were you checking the website version of it? I, I know in, in my app, it says trade pending. <sighs> and I was just checking group me to see if it said trade pending in other people's, uh, in other people's apps or if people were hearing about it. But uh, anyways, there's there's a big trade of brewing. Well, uh, if uh, if we don't see it here in the next five minutes, I'm calling Brendan during this podcast again to push it through because <laughs> I want to see this. I love that. So I <laughs> I, I want I want to stick on, on your on your um, on your team here for a moment. We're at the halfway point, so yeah. before we even start moving to the next, uh, we want to hear about storyline and what's on your thought for the for the big NFL. I have to ask you. So how do you think so there's a there is a number one receiver in here. You can't say who you've given up yet. Yeah. How do you feel like this positions you for that um postseason run? Mm. Yeah. So look, we're we've still got seven, what, six weeks left, I think. Maybe seven, including week eight till the last week of the season. I was a little bit concerned about pulling the trigger early. And, uh, you know, I mean, there, but the, look, there's always injury risk involved anytime you pull a trade, anytime you hang on to your, your guys. But my goal was to get as much top heavy talent, mm. as much of my talent. Do you see it? I see it now. So yes. we're, we're going to talk about this right now uh, because this is out in the open. So we're, <laughs> we're blowing the lid off of this. Do it. You, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it here first. <laughs> we have a pending trade between Jimmy the Scumbag receiving Kareem Hunt. And Stefan, 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 Stefan. I'm just joking. <laughs> there was from that uh, ESPN article that was like horribly written. Don't take this away from me, Tony. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Tony, uh, Kareem Hunt and Stefan Diggs for Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins offloading the Vikings uh, offense. So what what was it about? Um, okay, so tell us what went through your mind on this, on this trade. So, I have it up here if you want to. Yeah, it. yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Well, you know. I, I know it. What went through my mind um, is that through drafting, through pickups, and actually through drafting, all my uh, running backs I drafted, I had enough top-heavy running back talent that I had some to spare. I have Derrick Henry. I had Dalvin Cook. Damian Pierce, mm -hmm. who I drafted, Kenneth Walker, who I drafted, then dropped, then threw down big money for two mm, weeks ago. You did. And I was like, I've got four really strong running backs. I've got J.K. Dobbins on the bench uh, in, on injured reserve. Don't know if he's ever going to do anything. Right. But I've got four super talented number one uh, running backs, arguably, right now. I don't want to have one of them on the bench just wasting away. Like I should translate that talent one way or another into starting lineup points. And I knew that there were only so many wide receiver, wide receiver, like true mm, wide receiver true, ones, true ones to yeah. go around. We're talking um, Diggs. We're talking Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, um, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Yep. 
that's I think that's it. Like those are the five dudes that I would say, and you could probably throw Travis Kelsey in there as a tight end. Um, Absolutely. But I, I would say like those are the like super duper top heavy ones. And I was like, if I can swing that, um, then I want to do it. And I just looked at my running backs and I was like, I have enough talent here where I feel like I could make a big move. Figured I might need to like supplant it with like a little piece here and there. Um, and it also feels win-win. Like I'm giving Raft good talent between you, are. you really are between Kirk as as his third or second uh, quarterback, depending on what he wants to do with Daniel Jones. Uh, he's got Lamar as his number one, uh, and Dalvin immediately steps in as I would say his running back one, but certainly one of his top two running backs. That's certainly true. I think that that's a great um, you know win-win for both of you guys as cliche as it sounds. I did want to point out though, I don't think this factored into you, but you definitely got some trolling back at me because now you have the backup to my number one, Mr. <laughs> Nicholas F. Chubb. Wow, way to go, Zechariah. It comes full circle here. Uh, way, way to go. Um, so League, we need to uh, catch up with Mr. Brazilian Beast and Mr. Jimmy the Scumbag, and hopefully we'll see some movement coming up here. Exciting. Congratulations yeah, to, for, to you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. So so listen, let's move over to uh, uh, out of our league and into the broader NFL. What yeah. a storyline this season. What is tracking your interest right now? Yeah. And like, look, anytime, anytime, like any time of year, the NFL has so many things going on. It is why... They rule sports media. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, you know, I came in wanting to talk about a few different things. I thought about the Pats offense mm. as uh, as a topic and what's going on there. Thought about the Ravens D. I even thought about the Seahawks. And that was honestly a really – and as a team. I know you and I talked about Geno. But okay. as a team, the Seahawks are something worth looking closer mm. at. But I know I only get one topic. One topic. And it's got to be the old QBs that are cooked. Oh, my gosh. I'm talking Brady, mm-hmm. Rogers, Russ, and Ryan. And Ryan. And Matt got, Ryan. Just got benched. Just got benched. And actually, benched. With, with him, I read that it, I mean, certainly performance had something to do with it. Part of it was contract as well because they would mm-hmm. be uh, on the hook for next year for like 15, 20 million dollars additional uh, right. if uh, if there was an injury. So like he's done, and I just think like this is this is an era of like top end QBs that ruled this league for the last 10, 15 years plus. At least uh, all of a sudden, right? And nothing's all of a sudden, but just feels like all of a sudden coming to an end right now. And I just think there's something worth talking about there. There really is. And even middling quarterbacks. So Carson Wentz, some say he he's played his last snap. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Trubisky is also, you know, has played his last <laughs> snap. Listen, I know he wasn't great, but I'm saying there is definitely changing the guard. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of, of time. So maybe, you know, is it time for the Malik Wills's out there to finally get their chances? So what, I mean, what, how does that make you feel? Are you... Are you glad to see, you know, the uh, the demise of a hero or is it you're excited for the new talent? What makes you really interested about that? Yeah, so it's it's, you know, I, I, I lumped it as one storyline. But I think when you look at each of the individual quarterbacks there, there are different things happening. Um, I would kind of put Ryan off to the side. I think 
I mean, Jason would strongly disagree with me based on Matt Ryan's uh, Boston College performance against Virginia Tech. I generally find Matt Ryan to be like a pretty likable guy, like goes about his job um, quietly, does his best, never makes any waves uh, off the football field. Um, and he's just done, right? It's just like he doesn't have the talent or he doesn't the, – the game has taken a physical toll on him. Mm-hmm. He's 38 years old. He's done. Right. Wow, thirty eight. He's thirty eight. It's it's crazy to hear it. Yeah, to hear that. Yeah, he's thirty eight. Wow. He and Joe Flacco were first round picks in two thousand nine. We're twenty twenty two right now. And two thousand eight actually. And Elite Flacco is the one with the Super Bowl ring. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Though Matt Ryan has the MVP, so I like Matt Ryan. Um, he's not a Hall of Famer, right? He's he's a Hall of Very Gooder. Uh, I, I just Ooh. I think if he, right, and maybe that maybe that's a that's a conversation for another time but i think if he won that super bowl there you go then then yep. then i think you're talking about him as a hall of famer now the other three guys brady rogers russ i think that they share some some similar traits to their story and i think it comes down to a lot of ego and hubris mm. with the three of them I think Russ was pining to cook, pining to be a superstar beyond the game and wanted to have a hand in personnel decisions. And you know that this this idea of players, any players having a hand in personnel decisions is a very, very recent phenomenon. I think they looked at the NBA and what um, LeBron James and the big three did with mm-hmm. Miami a few years ago and said, like, why not me? Like, I'm good enough. I'm special enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> uh, you know, so like, I think I, I think that's a very recent trend. I think we're also starting to see now, like over just a few few years, like the limits of that. Like, I don't think it's a good idea for um, any personnel, quarterbacks or otherwise. And if it was going to be a, a, a player, then yes, quarterback would be most appropriate um, to have a say. And there are certainly ways of doing that um, with the organization, having lines of communication open, like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid do in KC, where, yeah, there's conversation. Like Patrick Mahomes was given a heads up that they were at least looking at trading uh, Tyreek Hill. But, you know, Brady, Rogers, Rush, Russ wanted to be more involved. They wanted big, big money. Brady, you know, like there's all that weird talk about him wanting to be like the Miami Dolphins part owner partnering with Sean Payton. That felt like a whole lot of like backroom machinations. Um, The retirement, unretirement, I, I think had something to do with that. Some people say it had something to do with, you know, him telling Giselle, baby, I'm giving it up after this year. Uh, But there's just weird stuff there. Rogers, like Brady, like Brady's a legend of the game. I actually like don't hate him. I just think it's time, and I I, I wish for his sake he would have just gone out um, last year and and you know sailed off into the sunset. Rogers and Russ, mm. I bring much more disdain to the table for, and have a much higher level of Schadenfreude here. Like really loving them, uh, sleep in the bed they made. Rodgers threw a fucking hissy fit when they drafted Jordan Love. Did everything he possibly could to alienate him, to show up Brian Gutenkunst or whatever his name is, the, the no GM idea. of the, of the yeah. Packers. I don't know how to say his name. 
um, but just like publicly challenging him. And even now, as his team is spinning out, he's blaming players. He's subtly blaming coaches. I think players on his team looked at him last year and they're like, what the fuck, dude? You didn't even get vaccinated. You're like lying to the media. You're putting us oh, yeah, at risk. Yeah, yeah. You think you're special. And I think some of what we're seeing now is, yes, there's a performance issue. He's getting a little older. Devontae Adams is gone. But his I don't think his teammates are playing for him right now. You can see that in their body language. Uh, we have to move over to the next. But, Fair. Uh, Fair. But, but I, I do want to ask you, I'm going to give you uh, your choice, the final word on this topic. You can either give us your best professional advice to these cooked quarterbacks. What would you tell them to do? Or which one do you take the greatest pleasure in seeing fall? Oh, and I didn't even get to talk about him. I think it's got to be Russ. Got to be Russ. And and my professional advice would be, let's ride. (laughs) Right on into retirement, man. Well played. Well played, Zachariah. Hey, let's move over to this mailbag here. We've got some great, great questions. Oh, I can't Um, wait. I don't even know where to begin. We have some great questions. We also have some terrible questions. No, these are awesome uh, listeners. Thank you. Got a lot of love to Zach on here. We're just going down the list. Um, The first one is related to this. uh, There's a nice bridge here. As a professional life coach, yes. what advice would you give yourself at this stage of the season? Ooh. It would be something like stay patient, stay the course with the team that you drafted. Have confidence that the team as a whole will turn it around and over the course of the season... Uh, the numbers will will come and things will, will normalize. I paid too too close of attention mm-hmm. uh, to those early weeks. Um, you know, some of it was like my guys actually did well. My opponents just did better, uh, and so I got down on my team early. But staying patient, staying the course, and believing in the guys that I drafted. Wow, that's a terrible answer. I would tell you to uh, try to trade for Nick Chubb, uh, <laughs> like right now on this podcast in, in the last eight minutes. <laughs> Uh, question number two, and, and we'll see how many of these we can get through. Yeah. Um, what NFL franchise would you compare your fantasy football organization to? Ooh, that is such a good one. Okay. Um, all right. So I think a team that's won some. A team – actually, I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers over my lifetime as, as a fan. That is a team that has won some championships. <laughs> okay. That has shown remarkable consistency in terms of playoffs. Sure. Had some top-level talent, and more often than not, couldn't get it done. Due to coaching, apparently. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Due to coaching. Yes. I love – yes. Due to coaching. <laughs> Due to coaching. Um, you know – I think we're on fire here. I think this rapid fire segment is is working. Bring it on. Uh, You know what? I didn't even intentionally plan this, but the next question, I'm reading this verbatim. Yes. Anthony has long maligned your draft, roster management, and free agency moves. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Is there anything you'd like to say to Mr. Buenafe about his incessant mockery? Uh, Look, man, much of it was deserved, and I was high most of the time, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a big part of what's changed this year. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. You question number four. You usually make more transactions than anyone yeah. in the league. This year, four teams have made more moves than you. Is everything okay? I'm worried about you. Period. Smiley face. If you look at my team right now, start most of my team starting lineup bench are people that I drafted. Right? My top two, they were top three, just traded away Kirk. Top two quarterbacks, all of my running backs right now, Derrick Henry, uh, uh, Pierce, Ken Walker, even J.K. Dobbins, a number of my wide receivers. Most of my guys I've drafted, and most of them have done well. And I just think, like, all right, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. I have tried to interject and... Uh, pick up guys at the right at the right time. So picked up George Pickens, um, laid a whole lot of money sure down did. for Ken Walker. No money down, right? <laughs> yes, for Ken Walker. And so when I've picked up guys, um, if I'm going to be bidding on them, like I want to win, and so I've, I've put down some money with it. And otherwise, like want to stay patient. Again, going back to my my life coaching advice: want to stay patient and let let the guys run their course. Everybody, he is okay. And apparently, it is working. We're doing great here on time here, Zach. We've got uh, two more, and I want to make sure we cover these because these are fantastic. Nice. Question number one, two, three, four. The fifth, when do you launch the coup d'etat to overthrow corrupt Commissioner Brent? Ooh, I figured it would be a two on the nose uh, if I did. Uh, I Not that I haven't considered it. Obviously, I have. <laughs> uh, but I was like, oh, gosh, if people see that I like at some point I am, um, you know, pining for that power, uh, then they might get a little bit uh, suspicious and uh, rally around the commissioner. Uh, there are absolutely some loyalists to the commissioner here. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so you got to, in any tense power vacuum, you have to play your cards carefully. I don't know if you saw the chatter on the league thread today. A little bit. I did. I did. About, about the commissionership. Brendan had mentioned it yet again. Uh, there is possibly some interest in Jason taking on a co-commissioner role. Uh, Steve has expressed some interest uh, in uh, in perhaps taking on that role. And again, that's that's the best way that you can do a coup, right? Is convince other people to believe that it's their idea. Well, all I know it needs to take uh, take place off-site with copious amounts of beer and cigars. Yes. Uh, for, for, for any leadership move to happen. And I would say when it does, I am really looking forward to Brendan joining this side because there are untold joys to heckling the commissioner and causing trouble, knowing that you are not the one uh, who actually has to have responsibility or clean up the mess. So Brendan, come on over, buddy. The water's fine. Stay the course, Brendan. You're doing great. <laughs> Our last mailbag's question. I'm glad th these are fantastic questions, Zach, and fantastic answers. How does it feel to be mentioned in the same breath as the SI and Madden curses? Are you worried about finding guests for future pods? Ooh, honestly, like the podcast curses and the things that have come out of here, what, uh, definitely some injuries. Um, you know, Raf came on here the other day and two Jets starters went down. Um, right, right. 
you know, a, a number of things have happened. Uh, it's quite an honor. I will say that it's quite an honor to to be able to participate in in a force like this podcast that has that kind of influence uh, in the real world of the NFL. Um, I'm I'm I I was honestly a little bit nervous about saying anything about my team today and being too excited uh, about anything. Um, but it is interesting. We'll, 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 I would love to look back at this uh, over the course, uh, after the season is done, and take a closer look at some of these podcast predictions that people have made, whether it's the bold predictions or okay. they're just talking about uh, interesting storylines, because pretty immediately we have found uh, a lot of these predictions have gone bust. So, um, you know, the Madden curse is, is obviously the biggest one that, that comes to mind for me, but... Uh, we've got a pretty decent clip here of, you know, averaging almost one curse per podcast. And I feel pretty good about that. That's that's amazing. I <clears throat> I don't know what we'll we'll do to so I know we we've had some pretty incredible league curses. I know Brendan broke his one oh nine curse. I think <clears throat> once uh, once he got married, I think that yeah. brought some good juju to his life. So maybe for uh, an upcoming podcast, I know Luke is scheduled to come on. He's had quite the curse uh, and bad luck stretch. Yes. Maybe that will reverse his. Um, so I am going to take my hat. I'm wearing a baseball cap, and I'm going to put it into rally cap mode to reverse any curses and protect your trades. This just in, Brendan rejects trade. Um, no, that didn't really happen. <laughs> hey, we are, we're almost at time here. We will finish with the... Big question you ask every every guest yeah. on on the uh, on the pod, and you know it's coming. Give us your big bold prediction, whether it is NFL, whether it is in the league or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So this was this question originally started like as a I think we did it with week one and Stevo, and like tried to make it like a shit talking question, but like. Eh, like some people aren't aren't really big shit talkers or don't want to do it publicly, and then like very quickly I was like, nah, like let's scrap that and let's make it uh, a bold prediction. So we started doing that with uh, Brendan in week two, and it was initially geared more about the squad, like making a prediction about your squad, particularly uh, in the upcoming week. And then Pat actually was the one who created a new tradition, essentially, where like his prediction became about the league and, mm. and happenings in the league. And since then, uh, everyone has done, uh, has predicted something similar uh, about the league and not their squad and not the NFL. So I'm going to go with this new tradition um, and give my bold prediction that right now we have three people tied <clears throat> for first place. Uh, well, you know, three in, right, in right, the standings. Right. Um, the top three people, you, Raf and Matt are all five and two. Yes. As you know, we have six playoff spots. Uh, we have some talent uh, with people who are out of the playoffs right now. Mm -hmm. I would say myself included. I would say Luke included. I would say Steve-O as well, who is always unpredictable, has had worse starts to the year and has still somehow managed his way into the playoffs and sometimes won. So with all that being said, my prediction is that one of the people who has a five and two record will miss the playoffs entirely. Well, you heard it here first. Anthony, Raph, 
or Matt will miss the playoffs. Let's unseal this podcast in what? Four weeks. Uh, Four? No, no, no. Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Awesome. Way to go, Zach. The podcast has ended. You can relieve yourself of the hot seat. The host seat will now be yours again. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate this. This is great. Great to have you here. Oh, thank you. No, I think we're.